As most of you know, the ideal Anglican sermon takes the four passages that are set out for the day and weaves them into one amazing sermon. Didn't happen this week. So uh, here's four vignettes, as it were. Okay, starting with uh, Jeremiah. Actually, let's not start with Jeremiah. Let's start with, uh, with Joshua. Now, Moses had warned them, but when the uh, children of Israel under Joshua went into the, the promised land, into Canaan, God had told them to utterly wipe out the inhabitants. Um, our sensibilities today are uh, offended by this. But there was a reason beyond just, you know, God needed uh, a bunch of already made houses for the, the Hebrews. Um, and the reason was that um, the pagan worship, the idol worship that existed in Canaan at that time was uh, very grotesque, very sensual. Um, it involved uh, sacrifice of children by throwing them into a burning idol. Um, there was a lot of uh, sexuality to uh, make the crops grow. Um, so after the first bunch of major cities were, uh, were overthrown and captured in the promised land, a lot of the rest of the country was just left as it was and uh, the Israelites moved in and took over some towns and built their own places and, but the Canaanites were still there. And before too long, uh, you can certainly in Judges over and over again, there's hints of it earlier, but you can see where the Israelites, instead of worshiping Jehovah God, they were worshiping the Baals and the Asherah and so on. And occasionally from there until the uh, forcible removal of the 10 tribes up into the north and the two tribes to Babylon, there was always worship of the Canaanite idols all the way through. So here we have Jeremiah. Now the, uh, the 10 northern tribes are gone. The northern kingdom of Israelite is gone. This is Judah, Judah and Benjamin. And they are, they are about to be taken, overcome and taken to, uh, to Babylon. Jeremiah is prophesying to him. And he says that there will come a time, there'll come a time when Jehovah God will establish a new covenant with Israel. And it won't be like the old one, but it'll be a covenant of the heart. Um, 
This is, uh, this is in fact, a, a prophecy of, uh, of Jesus, of the Christ, and um, of his sacrifice. And then the, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit and the birth of what we now know as Christianity, which is, according to Paul, we, uh, we wild grapes have been grafted into the, uh, the rootstock of, of Jewishness. So, um, yeah, this, this starts here. It's interesting to note that at least in the, uh, as far as we know, once the Jewish people came back from Babylon, um, there wasn't any uh, reversion to, the, to worshiping the, uh, the Baals and the Asherah poles and so on. There were, the worst that happened was there were some men who married uh, essentially Samaritan women, um, but Ezra and Nehemiah dealt with that. And uh, that's about the last we see of it. Okay. That's the first vignette. Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is David's long alphabetic poem uh, praising the law of the Lord. And as I'm sure you know, it has uh, multiple verses beginning with the same letter. Okay. What's interesting is if you go through the whole Psalm 119, David never says anything about he himself reading the law. Go ahead, look it up. You got 30 seconds. <laughs> um, when Betsy and I went, went north to work with the, uh, the Denete, the uh, Slavey Indians up north, they were largely an oral people. Uh, if they were going and if they were going to use English, um, or if they were going to write something, they would do it in English, not in their own language. Um, and there's a number of reasons for this. Uh, the problem for Bible translation is they didn't like to read the slavey Bible themselves. Better if somebody read it to them. Okay, so. Uh, there's a number of uh, number of approaches to dealing with oral peoples and getting the gospel to them, despite the fact that they don't read their own language. Uh, we, because this was pre-internet, we had no idea that there were other people struggling with this as well. And uh, when we came down here to Biola to work on that problem, you know, we started discovering oh. Somebody's doing that over here. Oh, they're doing it here. Oh, look what they're doing. But uh, David and the Israelites at this time were oral people. Well, so how did this get written down? 
How did David's Psalms all get written down? Well, they had a professional class of people called scribes, and they're the ones who wrote it down. Well, how could he put it in alphabetical order? How could he put all the, the things in, you know, beginning with the same letter? Well, this would be very difficult to do in English because uh, we have one of the worst orthographies, writing systems in the world. Um, but he was able to do it because uh, Hebrew at that time had a very direct uh, one sound, one symbol, one symbol, one sound kind of writing system. So if it sounded the same, if it started with the same sound, it started with the same letter. Imagine that. Think how easy uh, primary school would have been if we had something like that. Okay, that was vignette two. Um, Second Timothy. You all know that uh, Timothy was like, Paul called him his uh, son in the faith, right? And we don't know anything really about his, his father, but what we do know is that uh, Lois, his grandmother, and Eunice, his mother, were very devout women, and they taught Timothy out of the scriptures. Now, here's where you may get tripped up. You need to understand that at that point in time, while Paul and Peter and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, I think they were all the same person, but, you know, um, when they were writing their epistles, the scripture meant the Old Testament. Right? So when Paul says... Uh, Continue in what you have learned and, been, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. That would be uh, Eunice and Lois. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. That's the Old Testament, the Tanakh. Um, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. We have hints of Christ's coming, like the Jeremiah passage, that there's going to be a, a new covenant written on our hearts. But it really doesn't say anywhere in the Old Testament, hey, this guy named uh, Jesus, yeah, he's going to come along. He's the Messiah. Um, but there's sure a lot of, uh, of hints. Then, God, then uh, Paul gives a uh, charge to Timothy and says that all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The word for man there is uh, anthropos, which can mean man, but it can also mean person, um, as opposed to the word Aneris, which is specifically biologically man. Okay. So if you're feeling, if you're not a man, you're a woman, and you're feeling left out by this in the Greek, it doesn't leave you out. 
Okay, you're in. Um, I tried several different uh, ways of saying this, uh, that the person of God may be complete, but then that, that sounds like we're making God complete somehow. That, that didn't go. Um, could do the old man or woman. Eh, that the follower of God, eh, oh, well, maybe, yeah. Okay, anyway. Um, the second paragraph of Second Timothy here uh, is one that basically lays out what a person following God should be doing in a relationship to other people in encouraging other people to continue to follow God. Okay? So, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. By having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wandering off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Certainly at many times in the last 2,000 years, uh, Christians have thought, oh yeah, this, this, this is talking about the time we're living in right now. Um, people not enduring sound teaching, having itching ears that will just go to any teacher that makes them feel good. Um, but I think more so than any other time in history, this is that time. Uh, all kinds of craziness and silliness being preached as God's word. Twisting God's word in all kinds of different ways that certainly the writer never had any intent. And uh, there is some reality to the idea that um, if we preach, if we live and talk about how and why we live, the way we live, uh, we will endure suffering to one degree or another because the, the world doesn't like it. We are not walking in step with the world. We're walking in step with God. Okay, finally, the importunate widow. Um, as you can guess from this, uh, this passage, as you've probably read from other passages and other resources, uh, the court system back then wasn't exactly like what we have now. And, um, and so there's this, well, I guess one thing was similar. People who were incredibly rich tend to get treated better and have more um, decisions made for them instead of against them. 
not always. Uh, but this widow keeps just, you know, give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. And uh, the judge says to himself, well, I neither fear God nor respect men. You can just hear him say this, you know, I'm just so. But because this lady just keeps coming back to him and coming back to him and bugging him and bugging him, he finally says, I'm going to give her justice because she's wearing me out. And Jesus says, um, won't God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give them justice speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So I'm still praying that uh, God heals the cancer that I've got. Um, others of you have things that you're probably praying for. Uh, I don't know that cancer is a justice issue, but um, still, the, the sec the, if not the main point, the secondary point of this passage is we have a God who answers prayer. So we keep praying. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.